Detroit, you've got a fairly young team this year. Yes. You've got a lot of new guys, a lot of freshmen, a lot of transfers. How do you feel like they're gelling as a team? And is there any like anyone who's surprising you? Maybe you didn't see it. Um, yeah, so I don't know if anybody's really surprising me right now, but I'm super excited about what these guys are doing. We're super young. I mean, young is normally not a great um, – the correlation between young and, young and winning is sometimes really tenuous. But I do love how we're growing. Like, we are seeing this team, like, grow before our eyes, which we're super excited about. Like, it's, it's incredible to watch how individuals are making progress and how we're making progress as a team. It's been super striking. So that's going to be our market this year is, like, how are we growing? How are we getting better? And I, I'm really pleased with where we are so far. Go ahead. It's a big move right here. Come Sean. Pulling this down. So on this Instagram live too. So so this is the world is watching world right is now. Watching. Yeah. The world is watching. Thirteen. <laughs> I just barely, I got another Padres fan last. I night. can't talk about followers because Atiki just drilled me on the race to five thousand. I was super disappointed with we're, that. We're blue, right? You're blue. We're blue. No, you guys are white. Oh, you guys are white. No, you guys are white. We're white. We're gonna go. Yeah, you got it. I like it. Put the pressure on. Okay, bring it. All right, next question. Let's not get distracted. How have you ma- how have you uh, managed the unenviable task of figuring out how leadership is going to work now that Alex Russell is obviously gone? And you, like you said, you guys yeah. are pretty young. Um, well, I, I actually love it. Like, there's something really special about there's something really special about this process of a team figuring out who they are. Right? That um that I love so much. Like, it's actually the process you go through. It's the journey of a season. And so uh, I actually love it. Like, um, you know, clearly it, it, there was, uh, you know, I, I haven't won a game at BYU without Alex Barcelo, right? So hopefully that changes at some point this season. Um, but uh, I, I actually love the process. Go ahead. I love the process of of – uh, building a team and finding leadership. And I love the guys actually having the experience of trying to develop into leaders. Like, one of the nice things about having an open window there is everybody gets to dip their toe in that water a different way than they have in the past, right? It's one of the spectacular things about sports. So, um, certainly a scary task, but a task I really, really enjoy and something we're, we're having fun with. Go ahead, it's you. Coach, who are some of those players that are stepping up in a leadership role so far. So I've been super pleased with a bunch of guys. Um, Rudy Williams is brand new here, and he's got a real um, leadership. I need a back row person to come up here. He's got a real, just an instinctual leadership ability, right? He's got a charisma about him. He's got a joy about the game. He's got an intensity and kind of a veteran feel about him. He's been through the wars and the battles. He's logged a ton of minutes. And so his personality is really special for us. Um, and he's, he's actually um, uh, going to be really important on the leadership front. You know, and the flip side is you have a guy like Dallin Hall who just came back from a mission who hadn't touched the ball in two years and hadn't uh, moved faster than a missionary walk in two years. But he has, uh, he has developed over his career as an athlete a real feel for um, leading people. He's got a, a God-given talent. Did you go? Oh, he's got a he's got a God-given talent to lead, and he also has grown it really, really well. 
Um, and so, you know, you, you have, and then you got a guy like Trey Stewart who he walks around campus and every single person is drawn to him. He's just got so much charisma. And he's probably done the best job of anybody on our team um, building relationships with every guy in his team and getting to know him, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's uh, interacting with guys on social media or starting, uh, you know, a Star Wars saga movie watching activity for some of the guys this summer or going to speak at uh, major events. Um, so we have a ton of leadership from those three guys. We also have we also have um, some veteran, veteran guys on this team. I mean, Trevin Nell's been, been with me here since the beginning. Uh, Spencer Johnson has been with me since before the beginning here. Those guys really, really know me. Um, and so they have a shot at taking some leadership. And then, you know, Foose is, 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 you know, maybe our most high-profile young returning player, right, that people know the best. And so we have uh, leadership opportunities coming from all different areas, and I expect that um, we're going to have guys raise up out of that pool. Guy. Is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go. Am I white or blue? You're blue. Thank you. Because blue is totally winning right now. <laughs> okay. All right. How do you see a guy like who's kind of developing in a, in a system where space and shooting is, is prioritized? How do you kind of want to see his being developed to get to that level? Yeah, you know, we're going to be smaller this year, which is a little bit scary. Uh, you know, if, if, if you remember year one here, every, you know, we were so skilled and so veteran, but every single game was like, how are we going to get one rebound, right? How are we going to live on the glass? And, and those guys did such an unbelievable job growing into that in a different way where we, we were sufficient. Uh, rebound of the ball. Um, we're smaller this year. Um, we're more skilled. We're going to actually demand that teams guard more space on the floor this year, which I'm really excited about because that's comfort zone. Okay, so Sean is seeing something right now. Let's go, baby. <laughs> he, he, I, he, he's like, we got it. Uh, so, 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 so. <laughs> no, Sean just, Sean just, I'm telling you, I feel good about Sean right now. I don't. No. What am I not seeing? Oh, oh, oh. He, he actually saw what I saw, but he didn't see the step forward. This is how I lost in there. Oh, man, Sean. Hey, the sweet taste of victory. Let's go. Had, I had to even your record. Thank you. I love I you. I had to even your record. See, I, I, so I you see, claim you beat all 12 of us. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's me versus the media right now. It's one me, <laughs> zero you guys. Uh, okay, question was about Foose. And so, um, you know, Foose is, is – is, um, we talked about his skill set at length, right? Um, Right now, my biggest issue with Foose, we got to make sure that he stays healthy. That's been a challenge for us right now. We got to get him healthy, and um, but he is actually going to be surrounded by a supporting cast that's really interesting. It's going to put more pressure on him on the glass and with his physicality for sure, and it's going to actually give him more space to op- to operate offensively. He's an incredibly talented uh, decision maker and passer out of the post, especially for a young player. He's actually going to have more space to work in to do that. Um, we're kind of we're trying to grow his uh, his um, skill set in the post, uh, where he can attack in different ways, and so he's going to grow there. But he's also going to have an added responsibility of not having a, you know, um, last year he had a couple really big bulky uh, fours that were playing with him that were kind of taking away some of the punishing part of the game for him, and it's going to be a little different this year. So he's going to have to grow in this role. But uh, I think he's everybody on this team trusts him. Everybody. So we're super excited about that. You cared a lot about 
rebounding last year because of your size and I think yeah. you mentioned when you were when your two big guys went down you had to change your identity kind yep. of mid season. Yep. How does what is your identity now given the fact that you guys are smaller and that you guys are yeah. gonna try to play a different style? Yeah, we're really spending a lot of time working on our initial thrust. We're trying to we're trying to play this game faster and every single team says that at the beginning of the season so you guys can judge on the staying power of that philosophy for us. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm trying to actually t- um, you know, we're spending a lot of time right now. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I, where I'm super excited to grow as a coach and I'm nervous about growing as a coach is to, um, is to um, do a better job teaching my guys how to play rather than um, directing them how to play, if that makes sense. I'd like to do less play calling. I'd like to do more teaching. Um, I think that our ceiling ultimately is higher if we play that way. We've been a top 20 offensive team in our tenure here, but we're trying to, like, I'd like to take a next level step there. And so um, I'm trying to, like, and I think we have a team that can do it. Now, I'm contradicting myself over and over because we have a young team, but we do have a skilled team. And so what we're pushing for right now is we're trying to f- push for pace and we're trying to push for on-court, not just on-court reads, which is how we've been playing. We've been playing with on-court reads within a very specific situation. And now we're trying to push for more of an on-court decision-making feel. And... Um, I'm super nervous. I'm super nervous. I'm a little bit of a control freak, and so, so, so I'm nervous about that. But we got to grow in that direction. We got to try, and um, we're going to get a bunch of data from this season and see if we can do it. You and the players have talked about being more disruptive on defense. Yeah. What does that look like? Practice. What do you hope it looks like? Yeah. So we've been. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I'll be super specific. You guys know I don't keep any secrets. Um, so, for example. Uh, we'd walk into a game with a ball, a specific ball screen defense set where we were going to be in a, you know, there, there's there's really two philosophies in ball screens. You either force to a ball screen or you force away. That's it. I mean, there's 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 not much more than that. You 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 have to do one or the other. And so um, we've gone into a into a game with a plan where we're going to be like we're going to force to the ball screen and we're going to be in a drop field. That'd be one example, right? And or we're going to be in a quick show field, which is forced to do the ball screen and give it a quick show and be disruptive. And my guys, I I give them instruction on what to do, and we do it over and over and over and over and over again, and so we do it really well. And was this why we've been a top 50 defense over the last three years, right? And so, but it also gives you a little bit of a limited ceiling because also the offense gets it to a place of comfort where even if you're not giving up high points per possession shots. Over time, they get to know what they're going to see, right? So it allows the offense to have a little bit of a comfort zone also. And so that's kind of the playing field where you're battling back and forth. What we're trying to do this year is we're trying to say we're trying to give our guys more freedom to make decisions. For example, our bigs in this very specific isolated situation, our bigs now get the decision where they want to be in a drop or a ball first or a quick show or a blitz. They actually can make that decision live. And we're just working off the template of like, hey, we're a force to the ball screen uh, feel right now. 
And so the downside of that, of course, is that when you give guys more freedom, sometimes nobody knows what's going on, and it's just a mess. The, the positive side of that, it's a, more, it's a higher level of playing and thinking, is that you can be really, really disruptive defensively because the offense doesn't really actually ever know exactly what they're going to face in any given moment. And so we're trying to play in that space. I can give you 10 more examples on the offensive end of how we're trying to like grow into that space. I think it gives us a chance um, especially over the next few years, is we're going to have to become something. We're going to have to become a product that's different um, than other teams in the Big 12. We right now the WCC is so hard. We're going to have to become a, a product that's a little different than WCC, and so this is one of the ways we're approaching it. So that's pretty transparent. But that's how we're trying to think about the game right now. Speaking of <clears throat> the Big 12, you've mentioned that, and I'm sure a lot of your players have talked about. Just kind of focusing on this year, yeah. WCC trying to win a championship. I think Spencer mentioned that earlier. Um, how, but how much of the sort of off-court mentality work has already started in kind of preparation for yeah. being in the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, I'll start and end with this. The only thing that matters is, like, can we win a game November 7th, right? That's 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 the only thing that matters. And then, and this is our last shot at WCC. And, you know, what we've talked about this. We've never won the WCC. And, and um, you know that is that is a you know that is not a happy place for us, and and this is a great conference. This is a great conference, and we've learned that firsthand. We've got to live in it and understand how how, how good a conference it is. Um, but we have to, you know, all of our focus is on this season. All of our focus is on on on, on this year in the WCC. With that said, there's some, there's a lot of things that we have to plan out for the future. I just finished a compliance meeting about how the rules change once we. In fact, I, it was literally an hour ago how, how so many significant rule changes come once we join the Autonomy 5, right? And so even the way we're allowed to function in terms of our hours, in terms of our recruiting, in terms of other things, it all changes. And so we have to prepare for that now. Scheduling we've kind of talked about. Scheduling is, is our scheduling philosophy is going to turn completely upside down now, I think, from what it's been. We actually don't know. We've spent a lot of time uh, studying the numbers and the data and how teams in the Big 12 function and then how that works for us and where our strengths and weaknesses. But we've had a very, very hyperbolic uh, approach to, to scheduling where we're just like, man, we'll, you know, we'll take any crazy game that nobody else will take and we need it on our schedule. And, and now we're signing up for 18 straight crazy games that nobody wants to take on our schedule already and that's just a different it's a different approach and so we're trying to approach this understanding who we we are we're trying to approach this um in a, as a data-driven model we're, we're trying to approach this in terms of like how we're going to play stylistically we're trying to take into account how deep we can be as a team and all those things in terms of scheduling so you know already over the last you know six months we've really worked to try and the most important thing for us is we don't know ex we don't even know what the Big 12 is going to look like actually in a year for sure. Um, so what we've tried to do is is we've been working really hard so that next year as we approach this in the spring we have as much freedom scheduling as we can. That's been super important to us, right? We've tried to get away from these kind of long-term non-conference schedules that are out there just because we don't know what we're going to be facing. Um, so all those things uh, are already highly, highly in play. Um, talking about travel, talking about recruiting reach, talking about all those things um, are things that are happening. All that's happening in the background, but right now the only thing we care about is WCC.
Was there a specific moment over this offseason where you kind of realized that you had to give up a little bit of control on offense for a higher, higher ceiling that you mentioned? Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, I think a good teacher for all of us is what we complain about. Okay, so, um, you know, um, you know, if I'm if I'm frustrated, let, let's get this will be a, a this is actually not a true example, but you hear coaches complain about it all the time. I might be really um, upset about how the media is portraying a player or our team or the attention they're giving us or not giving us, right? And so I can either, which is what most of us do as a tendency, we sit in our office and we're like, ah, I mean. He's driving me crazy. Like, you know, I just, and, and then we actually don't, and, and really what that is, if we sit down and think about it, it's like, okay, that's actually a teaching moment. Like, how are we going to fix it? Like, how are we going to make it better, right? How are we going to really improve on that? And so when I sit in my office and I get frustrated about things, I'm like, okay, so this is actually telling me exactly what I need to focus on right now to, like, there's got to be an answer. I believe, you know, I'm a control freak, and I think we have answers, right? And so um, I did spend some time in, in, in my office, uh, you know, over the last while, kind of being like, ah, oh, man, I just feel like um, my guys are not thinking as broadly on the court as I'd like them to. And then you kind of start to diagnose the issue. You know, maybe the problem is, like, I'm not actually, you know, is, is I'm trying to solve that by doing too much thinking for them on the court and, and, and not doing enough teaching, right? And so um, I, that happens to me all the time. Everything I complain about is ultimately my problem. It's my issue. i got to fix it. And so that was, that was one of the things that's kind of led us to start sliding here. Now, we'll see if it works. You know, maybe I'm going to be in the office this year complaining about the exact opposite. Be like, hey, I liked my complaints last year better. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, we, thank you so much. We're we're actually super fortunate. Um, we have a we have a you know we we have some depth there. Um, we have some young guys that are doing an unbelievable job. You know this this young core of freshmen is actually super exciting. They're freshmen, um, so it takes freshmen a while. But you think about uh, the impact Dallin Hall's making, the impact Richie Saunders is making every single day in practice. This is Richie Saunders. You talk about a dude that only knows how to go one speed. He is a gift to a coach, man. He's unbelievable. Uh, Tanner Toulson has made incredible strides. You know, he was actually injured for the last nine months of his mission and came back injured, so he got a late start. But he's made a ton of progress. Super grateful for what Braden Moore's done. So you got these young guys that all have a chance to step up now. I expect Trey Stewart to step up. He's been, he's been really incredible as we've gone through the beginning of the season, not only as a leader, um, you know, in places on the court where he's comfortable right now, where he's, he's familiar, he's actually executing at a very high level. Um, he's actually shooting 50% from the three-point line in live play since we started uh, training camp, which is incredibly impressive. Um, so I think he's going to have an opportunity. Obviously, Spencer Johnson has been a, a, a mainstay here uh, for the last two years, and he'll continue to be really, really important to us. So we got a bunch of guys that can come play. We certainly miss Trev, though. I mean, um, his, his shooting is, is so beyond elite level. 
you know, we miss that, and he's been with me for a long time. She knows me. We miss him a lot. Heard a lot about disruptive defenses. How yeah. you want these guys to play? How does that be implemented? What do you want to see from these guys to make that happen? Yeah, well, schematically, I mean, there's just kind of the low-hanging fruit stuff of like we're we're we're, tr- we're spending some time on a press right now. We're spending some time on a on a kind of a disruptive zone look that's a little bit different, new for us. It's a little bit high, more high risk, high reward. Is in general that's the philosophy we're facing. But we're also encouraging our guys to take chances. Whereas in the past, we've been like, hey, I want to be perfect execution defensively every single time. And to do that, it's, um, it's, it is, it is a, it's a, it's a hard team to play against defensively. We've been a really good defensive team, but it's kind of like they never break. They never give you a, they never give you anything easy. Um, you know, right now we're we're take we're just a little bit more high risk. We're a little bit more up in passing lanes. We're a little bit more teaching, uh, giving guys freedom to get out of position to try and make a play. Um, you know, philosophically, we're giving guys a little more freedom to be disruptive just in our schemes and how we play. Um, so all of that's kind of coming into play a little bit, and we'll see. You know, again, um, question is how much. You know, the, the question you always ask yourself as a coach is when it looks bad for a few minutes. You have the courage to stick with it, right? And so we'll see how that goes. When you talk about high risk and uh, being more disruptive and things like that, how do you balance that with also defending without fouling? Yeah, and so this is a big issue for us, right? Um, and 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 you know, there's a, a bunch of philosophies there. Um, there are some coaches, uh, dear friends of mine, who uh, don't talk about guarding without fouling. They talk about fatiguing the refs, and that's actually like the farthest away. Um, deal with it's like yep foul 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 because they're going to stop calling it like they just do and that's just the truth that's what happens um so that's like the way far far edge deal the other thing is like kind of this approach where we're like hey we're going to play great and we're not going to foul um we've leaned uh, way more that direction and um we're going to we're going to lean into it a little bit this year and see how it feels so um we're going to yeah we'll foul a little bit you know we foul we foul every year a little bit, um, but hopefully these fouls will be more productive. Hopefully these fouls aren't going to be like um, a retreating foul that we're left into, but hopefully these fouls are going to be more aggressive fouls. If I could trade my fouls where we're trying not to foul and we foul towards plays where we're trying to make a play on the ball and foul, if I could trade those over, we're going to be a better defensive team. A couple of stuff by Midnight Madness with you guys in the student section and awesome scene again another really cool scene yeah uh one thing that stuck out to be there though was rudy yeah williams like it just feels like he's that dude yeah in a lot of ways yeah what is it about him like his charisma his yeah. swagger confidence whatever it is that, that just kind of makes him that dude yeah maybe even not necessarily as a basketball player yeah, um, yeah. It's hard not to see that, right? I think everybody that see yeah, it's, you're not going to have to know him for very long to feel that from him. Um, he's got a confidence. Like, he, listen, you know what? I, I think about athletes this all the way all the time. Like, he's logged some failures, and I think when you log some failures, and and every player that's a f- super senior has logged some failures. Like, that's not unique to him. But when you've logged some failures. You start to realize that, like, you know what? If I fail, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, and actually nothing's going to be different than if I won. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get back to work and work hard. And you, you, you start to feel you don't. You're not scared of it anymore, right? And he doesn't have a lot of fear right now. He is. Um, he 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 knows exactly why he's here. Um, he chose us. He was a heavily recruited guy, and he knew exactly what he was looking for. Um, 
And so I think that brings confidence to him. I think he feels the faith that his teammates have in him, and I think that brings confidence to him. And I also think he's innately got a charisma and a swag that just is attractive to people, right? And then he said last night, we were at a, at a uh, corporate sponsor event last night, and it was really fun to listen to him talk. And he was just like, you know what? I just, I'm just kind of wired that way. And he didn't say this. This was not boasting but he just he just was like i kind of have this feel where um when the lights come on i just i like it i like it right and there there are players that when the lights come on they it can make them a little uh self-conscious there are players when the lights come on that they're just like i don't care i don't even notice the lights are on and off and there's some of those guys that when the lights come on they're like yes this is my moment and and i feel like he's he lives there a little bit and so he, um, you know, he's and he's also a terrific basketball player. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a career forty-plus three-point shooter. He's done that for a long time. He's a really, really physical player. Um, you know, he's he's you know, I love point guards that um, are convinced that they know more about the game than I do, and he certainly would tell you that that's the case. And so, um, he's got a, he's bringing a lot to the table. I'm super excited about. Him. Last season there was a, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a point where you had a starting lineup of all non-members, yep. all uh, players of color. Um, and you talked a lot about how important diversity and furthering the diversity sure. is at BYU. Yeah. This year you have a walk-on, yep. Hao Dong, who's the yeah. first Chinese player here. Yeah. At least that's what people say. Yeah. How important is his addition and kind of furthering the diversity piece? Well, the most important thing about Hao, he's one of the best dudes ever. Like, he's a good player, too. Um, so that's the most important thing about him. And that's always the most important thing. Like, we're not on a, I'm not on a mission to, you know um, – like it's not a mission to it's not a proactive mission to for example um you know start five minority players that's not that's but but the fact that that happens based on merit and based on personality and based on availability here at BYU is super important to me right because at the end of the day what should be the most beautiful thing about athletics what it should be is that when we step across those lines like that's the only thing that matters that's what sport is man come win or come lose but like that's how you're defined right and so the fact that that's that that exists here in a real way is super super important to me um but the thing i love about how you know uh, for example you may not know this but you should look into it if you don't how is the director of the uh of the uh twin towers uh tiktok which is if you haven't seen it is the most uncomfortable <coughs> tiktok ever made where noah and atiki are going around and asking students questions where when i watch it i'm like is this even legal <laughs> but I, I don't think it crosses the line um so how is how is and how is the like the the creative designer and director of this whole deal? And that's like who he is. Um, he's a guy that loves this game of basketball, man. He loves it. He um, had a massive injury playing when he was in Spain. Uh, he left his family to go tr chase this dream. He was in Spain for a couple years before he came to the states and was in a hospital for two months and he never had one second where he thought about there was any other option to keep playing. Um, and he's beloved on this in this locker room. Like he's just a special guy. And on top of all that, he's the first Chinese-born player that we've ever had playing at BYU, and I love it. Um, it's super special to me. It's important to me. This is a worldwide sponsoring church of this institution. BYU is a worldwide university, and our team. You know, we had 
um, uh, Tanzanian flag at Midnight Madness. We had a Malian flag. We had a Nigerian flag. We had a Canadian flag, a bunch of them. We had a, a, a bunch of Chinese flags. And I love that, man, because sport is bigger than just the U.S. And, and um, BYU is way bigger than the, just the U.S. And, and the sponsoring uh, uh, faith of this institution is way it is not confined by international uh, boundaries at all and our locker room's not either and that's super important to me so I love it I, I really love it I love every bit of it and it makes us better it actually is one of the things that makes us successful so I dig the whole thing how have your expectations changed from this team like in January yeah. or in March maybe and then you're ready to get this summer to yeah. Um, well, you know, we, uh, you know, a lot of the expectations here at BYU are imposed upon us, and I love that, actually. I think when you're playing, at, when you're coaching and playing at a university that has um, an expectation to win every single game, um, you're grateful to be there because the alternative stinks, right? And so... Um, in that sense, it hasn't changed at all. We, you know, we've we've set a high standard for ourselves here over the last three years, and certainly BYU basketball, through every player and every coach has ever coached here, has set an incredibly high standard, and they've delivered, right? And so uh, we have a really high standard there. Um, with this team, um, I think that um, I have a feel like um, I am very much um, – I have a lot of faith in this group. I think this is going to be a group where you look out on the court and you're like, I actually don't think those guys are going to win, and then we're going to win. And I actually, I actually have a lot of faith in that right now. I think these guys are. It doesn't mean we're going to have our moments where we stumble. We're young and we're small, right? That just is what we are. But, but there are going to be countless times where you look out on the court before the game as the teams are warming up. And you're like, oh man, whew. And then afterwards, you just walk out of the arena, just shaking your head, being like, I do not know how those young players did this. And I think that's my expectation. My expectation is that we, you know, our biggest challenge has always been the case here, but with this group more than ever, that we actually walk out of the gym a little bit better than we were when we walked in the gym every single day. Because this team has a chance not to just to grow into something this year, but this nucleus has a chance to grow into something. Like, we got to get through a lot of hurdles and a lot of changes, but this group has a chance to grow into something like beyond spectacular over the next couple of years and that that is super super exciting also so um i don't know that's where we are